Warning, this episode of Comic Timing is political in nature. If you guys do not like hearing politics discussed, especially after what has happened in the past couple of weeks, then this might be an episode for you guys to skip. However, we do discuss comic books on this episode. Please give it a listen. We promise we don't yell at each other that much. Comic Timing is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 184 of Comic Timing, a comics podcast devoted to the average comic book fan from the average comic book fan. Join in as Brett Casino, rotating panel of guests, and myself, Ian Levistein, discuss whatever comes to mind time after time here on Comic Timing. Back in the virtual studio for the first time in a couple of months, and boy, do we have a lot to talk about. Donovan Morgan Grant, Brandon Christopher, Brent Casina, and myself are here to discuss some political comic book talk. We discuss decisions made by Humberto Ramos and George Perez, as well as Motor Crush and how it is being stocked in comic book stores. Here now, Comic Timing. Hey there, folks. My name is Ian Levisine, and welcome to episode 184 of Comic Timing. We back in the saddle. Brent Casino, we back in the saddle again. We're back in the saddle again. Yeehaw! How's it been going, man? Been a while since I've talked to you in uh, real It has life. been a while. I don't know how we managed to miss a month. We were on a roll pretty good for 2016. We we did, yeah. Uh, but uh, this whole moving thing happened, and uh, that kind of screwed things up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. That's all right. I mean, I, I did double us up in, Oct- in, uh, in October, so that helps. Yes. Indeed. All right, and uh, this episode, we are joined by the semi-regular Brandon Christopher. Hola, como esta? Hello. You're, you're, you're semi-regular. All right, oh, all right. It's all the fiber, that's why. Yeah, exactly. All that colon blow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> colon blow cheese. Hey, come on. I, I, have, I have been on such an SNL tear lately on like old sketches and stuff. Of course, that's going to wind up coming up. Uh, and back for the first time in a while, Mr. Donovan Morgan Grant. Donovan. Hi! Good. What up, brother? Hello. Yes, it's you guys have been very regular. Twenty sixteen, one of the few bright spots of this tumultuous uh, eleven months. So, yeah. Uh, was, thank you for inviting me, and it's good to be on the show. My pleasure. Fuck twenty sixteen. Okay, so we're so we're, yeah. <laughs> we're we're ready to go here, uh, and uh, we're going to be talking a little bit of uh, of politics in comics first time out. Years and years and years ago, we did a politics and comics uh, comic book crossover and wound up talking a little bit then. But uh, this is a, a little bit more relevant to today uh, as uh, there was this there was this election that happened. Uh, you guys wait, wait, wait. Who won? What? Kodos. Uh, uh, Kodos won. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> Who's that? I still, I still say Cthulhu won. <laughs> yeah. Cthulhu Katane. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and uh, some of the uh, boycotts that have been happening in the uh, comic book community. And uh, perhaps also uh, touch a little bit on stuff like you know Hydra Cap and stuff like that, and how oh, weird, yeah. <laughs> weird it feels now. Yes. Maybe some general comic talk as well if we have time. But uh, before we do all that, we are as usual sponsored by DCBS Discount Comic Book Service at DCBService.com, where you can get fifty percent off of Marvel and DC hardcovers and trades, as well as a crap load of bundles every single month on both Marvel Now Now New Now 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 Point Two Point Oh Now 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 old new now uh so they've got plenty of that stuff uh, as well as dc rebirth and 
usually a couple of other things as well, uh, like kids' bundles, so you can check those out and uh, use the Comixology storefront directly from DCBS's website to save a little bit of extra cheddar on your next physical order and get a little bit of a kickback going to DCBS as well. So uh, thank them for their sponsorship once again, dcbservice.com. Check them out. So, time to get a little controversial, and uh, yeah, for those of you who uh, who do not want to hear this part of the conversation, which I perfectly understand, uh, you can uh, go ahead and skip that. I'll make sure to put a time stamp in there when we start talking things other than this, but it's been a weird couple of weeks, gentlemen, and the comic book community has not been immune to that. Specifically with uh, the way the uh, the election went, uh, there's, there's a bunch of uh, unhappy people. Of course, there's also happy people, and if you're one of those happy people, more power to you. Um, America's in ruins. Yeah. We're all doomed. We're all going to die. I'm already dead. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys knew that. I'm a zombie right now. I'm just a really well-spoken zombie. Um, I was wished back once with the Dragon Balls. I can't be wished back again. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, that's why we have you on, Donovan, somebody else who can make Dragon Ball references. But yeah, uh, immediately after uh, the election, a couple of different... Uh, comic book regulars, uh, Humberto Ramos for one and uh, George Perez, uh, to name another, uh, made a declaration that uh, they are not going to be going to conventions once they've uh, you know finished any obligations that they have. They're not going to be going to any conventions in red states as long as a, a certain uh, bad uh, businessman is in office for uh, the country. It's been a little contentious, to say the least. And, and, and again, a whole bunch of other stuff happening as well, but I know that Brent has an opinion on this, and I want to start with him first because we might get it to yelling a little bit, and I want to get the air cleared a little bit. So, uh, <laughs> Casina, your, your your thoughts? I express this opinion mostly on, uh, I think, Jamal Eigel's Facebook page, yeah. which is the only place I feel like I really get to discuss comics because <laughs> I don't participate in the comic forums anymore. I don't. I just fell off the wagon and never got back in. That we might be a, a place Facebook to go page. to. We have a Facebook page. We have page. a Facebook page, but nobody comments on it. It's just you, me, and Donovan half the time. <laughs> Maybe Brandon. Yeah. yeah. So we can we can know. we can help that out a little bit, but uh, but yeah, that's fair. <clears throat> but yeah, so they were. Uh, they post, or I guess Jamal or somebody, I can't remember. If, I mean, I mean it's, usually it's like Jamal, Daryl, or uh, uh, Derek Coward, Julian. Yeah, I think that maybe this one was on Julian. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Julian Lytle, one of our friends from the show, like all those guys I just mentioned. I, I'm not politically left or right. I'm more moderate than mm-hmm. anything. I don't tend to vote one particular way, although right. I have voted in the last four or five elections that have taken place, you know, for a Democratic candidate for president uh so that's just where i stand Mm -hmm. i want to put that out there that's my point of view um my i tend to lean socially liberal my brother's gay i feel it's in my conscience and my family's best interest not to vote against the kind of happiness or anything that my you know my brother deserves so i tend not to vote for any candidates that support any restrictions on you know gay rights or anything like that so that's that's kind of what i i lean politically so I saw uh, Humberto Ramos's thing on on Bleeding Cool first, and then I saw it being discussed on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So all I wanted to say was I think this is a you know so let's let's do like they do on uh, Kind of Funny and let's actually read some of the article. Sure. For convenience here. Yeah. For any for so any Humberto of our listeners Ramos. who are who are who don't like reading things. So Bleeding Cool posted November eleventh, twenty sixteen, by Rich Johnston. 
uh, Humberto Ramos on his Facebook page talked about his love of America as a Mexican and his horror when watching the election of Donald Trump as president. He specifically talked about Trump's attitude to Mexican and Mexicans. You can read the full post here. There's a link. Um, but as a result, he has chosen to change the shows he attends in the USA, making decisions that will depend on how it, the state in which it takes place voted. He wrote, quote, I want to communicate for that at least the next four years, I decide not to attend any conventions that take place in the red states, those states that voted for Mr. Trump, those states where I am clearly not welcome. For the fans, I ask your understanding and support. Hey, we can meet in many shows across your beautiful country, but please understand I can't go to a house I'm not being invited. The vote clearly says that. And no, I'm not against the Republicans and their political agenda. I'm taking this decision because this particular candidate and now elected president clearly pointed at me, this one person these states voted for. This is not a political statement. It is just me trying to explain a decision I took in order to show respect to myself, my family, and my friends. This is not a movement. It is a very personal decision, and I wish, ellipses, I hope you respect it. And then it links again to the full post. Right. So all I, everybody on this particular Facebook post or thread is supporting him, of course, because I've run in the liberal comic circles, it seems like, <laughs> which is fine. I'd rather not read any hateful speech or anything like that. Of course. But I, I've kind of felt with this election, and at least in comics in general, that we're starting to move, I don't know, a little bit away from just enjoying comic books. And this post, and then George Perez promised to do the same thing. Uh, I think let me check that other article date. A few days later, yeah, in November twelfth. Yeah, he said he said he's basically going to uh, he's going to you know not bow out of any conventions that he's already you know committed to. But yes. once that is all said and done, he's going to right. stay away from going to any red state conventions. Yeah. Yes. So uh, all I wanted to say, in my opinion, was this is in my opinion a bad if he if these people want to make what I think are poor business decisions, that is totally up to them. You know, more power to him. Mm -hmm. And then I felt like I got, and maybe this is just a event session for me a little bit more than anything, but I felt like I got slammed or attacked or devalued. It was kind of offensive yeah. because that is all the only opinion I expressed. I didn't say anything hateful <laughs> towards any of these guys yeah. or anybody else that would feel that way. I just said, personally, I think this is a bad business decision from an outsider. I'm not a comic artist. I'm not one of these artists. I don't know if... Maybe the states that voted for Mr. Trump are poor states that they do bad in. But let's look at the electoral map. Neither of these two will be con attending conventions in Texas. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's a big convention in Texas. Texas. North Carolina, South yeah. Carolina. So neither of them will be attending Heroes Con, mm -hmm. what, is, what some would say one of the best comic book conventions in the country because it still focuses on comics. Sure. In my home state, in George Perez's home state, I believe, at the last I checked, he will not be attending Megacon next year. Yeah. He's not committed, but for the next four years, I can't expect him to see at my local con. Mm -hmm. That's unfortunate to me. I, anytime I go, I enjoy seeing him doing the Heroes booth, stuff like that, signing for charity or drawing for charity. It's, it's a nice thing to see. Yeah. Georgia, uh, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Arkansas, Missouri, St. Louis, I don't know if they have cons. Tennessee, Kentucky, Indiana, Ohio, Ohio's a big state, West Virginia, Pennsylvania. So no super shows if we ever have them. Yeah. Uh, Wisconsin, Iowa, 
I'm just sorry. I'm going through these. Nebraska. Right. Um, that's not Colorado. The one above it. Wyoming, Idaho, Montana, the Dakotas. Right. The, the, Utah, the, you know, Nevada. The, again, all the all the red states. Right. But yeah. I, I wanted to name some of these states because some of them are not insignificant, mm-hmm. and in particular terms to cons like. To me, in my mind, I was like, so Megacon, George Perez is not going to go. He's kind of a regular there. To Heroes Con, one of the quote-unquote best cons to go to. He's not going to go there. So granted, they can still go to New York Comic Con, C2E2, anything in California, yeah. you know, Las Vegas, Nevada, that kind of stuff. But it just seems like if you look at the map now, there is a large portion of the country that's being neglected as to, in terms of potential customers. If you look at, to me, in, in particular, if you look at Florida, my home state, where I, I go to, the only con I ever get to go to is Megacon, because it's such a pain in the ass to get outside of Florida, if, even from Orlando. Mm-hmm. It's four hours to Miami, it's four hours out of the state, and that only gets you to the bottom tip of Georgia, that's Savannah. Mm-hmm. You know, so it is six hours to Atlanta, is the nearest, next big city. Um, so it's kind of a pain to go to. I know that Ian travels more than that for other particular cons, but for me in my life, it's difficult to go past you know Orlando. Yeah. But Florida, they voted forty nine point oh six percent for Trump and forty seven point seven nine percent for Hillary Clinton. Of the people that voted, and I don't even have a read on how many people that voted or versus live in the state, but you yeah. know there was also forty six point nine percent of the country that did not vote at all. Right. Half the country vote. didn't vote. So if you uh, do the quick percentage points there, yeah. So for the forty percent forty seven percent of Floridians who voted aren't gonna go see aren't going to get to see Humberto Ramos or George Perez mm-hmm. if they had chosen to come to that con much and that's really only twenty percent of the people that voted that's you're still neglecting another 20% who did or didn't vote right that you don't know now how many of those people are comic goers i don't know probably you know comic con goers a small portion we only sell what 100,000 books a month you know the, the top selling book only sells 100,000 so maybe what they sell I've never added up all the numbers, but how many comic fans are there? Maybe 300,000, 400,000 there's, there's, there's in the more whole country? There's more than that. There's more than that because, because remember, you're, that's only counting Diamond. I mean, uh, there's, diamond, also, there's also book, there's book sales, direct there's sales. digital, there's all that other stuff. Yeah. Okay, so let's say there's a million. Yeah. Just the math. To me, like, it doesn't make sense. If only 47% of the country voted, mm-hmm. then you're only going to go to certain states that only you're, you know— you're making decisions based off 20% of the population. Okay. Well, but now let me And that's where I got. I was like if you're really l- looking to go to shows and do sketches, which these guys are artists. Yeah. George Perez in particular hasn't done, you know, a monthly book in a long time, so I can't say for certain, but I would imagine that that's his main source of income is going to cons right now. Mm-hmm. He may be doing other stuff that's a secret project. He could be doing JLA Avengers 2 <laughs> with Brian Hitch inking. I have no idea. That'd be awesome, by the way. Um, it just seems silly to me that you would, as an biz- independent business person, mm-hmm. that one would limit themselves to such things instead of a different form of, of protest or something. Okay. And I also said that I think it seems overblown right now because nothing has happened yet. And that's sometimes a terrible thing to say. I don't want anything to happen to any of these people. Uh, to these two artists, to anybody that agrees with them, you know. But and t- t- to me, it's um, my dad's from Missouri. It's the show me state, so I kind of have this inbred attitude about 
um, you know, well, okay, don't overreact until something happens. Mm-hmm. And I know other people don't want to feel that way. And I've seen the stuff on Facebook. It's disgusting. Uh, the, all the new hate posts or whatever, the things that are coming up. Yeah. The guy yelling at somebody in Starbucks today down in Florida, Miami. Uh, it's just utterly disgusting in my opinion. I don't want to disagree with anything about that, right. that people are saying that's reasonable. Um, but I do think as an independent business person, it is a, a little bit silly to limit yourselves to do these things because, you know, I would understand if Humberto Ramos has gone to cons in certain states before, say he went to uh, Arizona or uh, Mississippi and gotten some some negativity, you know, if he's experienced these kinds of things before, but just to outright say it is to me a little silly. Now, it said in Bullion Cool, he's a Mexican, didn't say Mexican-American. So if he's living in Mexico, I understand where how he's looking at Donald Trump saying, yeah. I'm going to build a wall to right. keep out the Mexicans, they're rapists, they're murderers, they're not sending their best, whatever. So I understand how that feels personal. Yeah. You know, I, empath- I empathize with that because I, un- I understand it directly. Someone like George Perez who's lived in the country, not to criticize George Perez, but it doesn't feel, I don't know, it just doesn't feel as real, I guess. Especially George Perez being who he is, mm-hmm. being so jolly, being so lively. I can't imagine that he would have encountered from comic fans in the community, anybody at a con, any organizer, any sort of negativity. And I, and I hope Humberto Ramos hasn't encountered anything like that either. And I hope that they never do. So to me, it's kind of like, it seems like a large overreaction when if you boil everybody down who goes to cons and states, you know, it's less than 20% of the population. So if your state is a red state and you voted overwhelmingly red, okay, your odds of getting, if you think that means that everyone is a racist and a bigot, which they're not, that's one of my other things about this uh, craziness going on. Yeah, I've, I've got, thought, I've got still, thoughts on that that I want to say in a, in a little bit. You still have, a, you know, your, your percentages, at least in, just talking about Florida, my mm-hmm. state. I've lived in this thing for since the fifth grade, so, uh, what, 20 years now? Yeah. I have not encountered anything about with racists or bigots mm-hmm. towards Mexicans or Puerto Ricans or Cubans. We have a lot of them down here. So it, it felt particularly offensive to me, I guess, being a Floridian, living here as long as I have, and being part of the culture where I love going and getting Cuban food or eating empanadas, street food, and you know participating in the Latin culture and stuff like that down here. It felt particularly offensive that we know that there's a large population down here and that these guys are going to exclude the entire state because half, you know, roughly half of the people voted one way versus the other. Okay. Uh, Now, let let me, I want to specifically ask Brandon about this since, you know, Brandon lives in Pennsylvania and we know which way Pennsylvania went. Um, So, Brandon, rebuttal, thoughts, whatever you want, go ahead. That's a, a lot to unpack, I, and, but, and honestly, I'm I'm glad I'm glad Brent, you said everything you said there because this is versus the like you know two sentences you said on Facebook before being responded. Well, to, I, I, so. I figured I wanted to talk about it here. Oh so no, I, didn't I know. Want to like I, shoot I, my load on Facebook, yeah. and I don't, honestly I don't know anybody on those threads right. other than you, Julian, Brandon, mm-hmm. Jamal, yeah. and the people that we talk with on the show. Yeah. So if anybody else reads my stuff on Facebook and thinks that, oh, he's a redneck, he's a bigot, he's from Florida, yeah. whatever, they, I could they, give they a don't, fuck. They don't know you, so yeah. That's, they don't know me. Yeah. I'm not judging them. Right. You know, whatever. Yeah. Brennan, go ahead. 
right. As someone who, well, thankfully, I, I live in one of the surrounding counties of Philadelphia. So my county, my township actually was a, a blue township. Sure. And growing up in a predominantly white area, it, it is affecting sometimes, mm-hmm. to, to, to use that phrase. Yeah. With what happened with this election, it, it was shocking. And also seeing the reaction from the, the comics community, seeing how divisive this is. If you, I know a lot of you are friends with Mike Norton on Facebook, sure. also, yeah. and you're seeing what what he's been doing, also trying to not normalize the rhetoric or yeah. the part of the partisanship of the of the Republican Party. Dave Walker also also uh, posting the sketches that he has over the past couple of days of uh, people that that he respects and 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 wants to honor. And I think I think that's actually a, a great way of. Uh, you know, bringing some positivity in a time of such negativity. Correct. And, you know, Pennsylvania is not short of its bigots. Just outside of Philadelphia, they have the largest contingent of KKK members, I think, still. Mm-hmm. Just, and that's, that's just up in Lehigh Valley, so we're right where the geeks are. Yeah. That's all right there. Jeez. I know. It's disheartening that Ramos and Perez have to feel the need to take this action. Um, but I see what they do. And I actually agree with Brent on this one. I, 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 it is almost to an effect cutting your nose off in spite of your face mm-hmm. because there are ardent fans out there who don't believe in what Trump has said, who now don't get that chance. I, I, I'm more in line with what Mark Wade is doing. Mm-hmm. Have you, have you seen his post? Yes, I have. Yeah. Where he's not, he's not stopping going to red state conventions. He's going to go to all his conventions and he's going to be a quote unquote safe space for fans, mm-hmm. and I think that's more proactive and instead of just instead of just avoiding it all, we need more creators to do that. We need more creators to stand up and say, "This isn't right. This is not what I believe or what the ideals of America are founded on. You know we are for equal opportunity. We are for everybody. And I think that there needs to be more creators who are willing to stand up and say, I'm not going to stand for this. I will stand with you. Yeah. And I know, I, I mean, honestly, I know one of them. I mean, uh, I mean, talk, I, I had uh, lunch with uh, Jamal Igo this, this last week uh, when, when, when Raph was in town. And, you know, we actually, I mean, we, t- we talked a decent amount of st- about stuff like this. And he, he obviously, I mean, anybody who who follows him on Facebook and anybody who, you know, knows at least a little bit about him knows how upset he is about what was happening here. And he even, he even considered for a moment, I mean, and honestly, so did I for a very fleeting moment and then it passed. He considered moving to France because his, his wife is from France and uh, it would be easy for him to, or at least, you know, as easy as it, as it could possibly be to, you know, pick up all your stuff and, and move to I'm sorry, country. who's wife? Uh, Jamal Igel's wife. Uh, oh, okay. Is, 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 I didn't is, know that. Yeah, she's she's from France. It, w- it would be easy for for them, or at least somewhat easy for them, to move to France if they wanted to. But you know, they'd have they have Katie to factor in their 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 child and a whole bunch of other things. And you know, he decided that no, I'm going to stay because it's more important for 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 him to be that voice of positivity and the voice of continuing to fight against all of this, you know, hatred that has been coming out the past couple of uh, of weeks that 
he's here to prove that as a black creator as well, that they're not going to allow themselves to be marginalized. You know, that they're not going to allow themselves to lose any bit of the of the rights or strength that has been built up over the past couple of years. And to leave would would be a detriment to that. And I'm I'm gonna have my my thoughts on on Perez and Humberto in in a, in a little bit. I'm, I want to I want to go last year. I, I want Donovan to be able to give his opinions on that. But I, I just I just wanted to make that clear that this is a really hard time for a lot of people right now. Oh, I mean, yes. And it's I don't know. It's just like cutting and running though, not at all the way to do it. No. And can I say one thing real quick? Sure, please. I, Brent, I know you're a father, and I don't have kids yet. I I have. A niece and nephew who are pretty much my kids. And this last week has been incredibly difficult oh, yeah. for me because I'll see if I can get this without breaking down at least. To normalize the thought patterns that Trump spewed out, to make hate speech so prevalent, to be quick to marginalize people, it's amazing how fast that happened. Mm-hmm. My niece is 11 years old. She is going to be in junior high next year. And um, I fear every day that she is going to have an experience which could wreck her, possibly. And it's difficult because you see on the news, especially uh, there were, within the first week of the election, there were at least four or five in Philadelphia yeah. of students chaining, you know, things like white power, s- using racial slurs as students. They, they covered similar things here in, in New York. I mean, I, 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 I watched a bunch of that. And it's just amazing how fast that spread. And it's disheartening to say the least, because now it's, almost validating everything that Trump has said. And it's it's frustrating, mm-hmm. aggravating, and it's making me feel helpless to console her. And, you know, we got so close to having a first woman president. Yeah. And I don't even care if it was, if, if it was Clinton. I, I just wanted it it to happen. Oh yeah. To have someone that she could aspire to be because honestly there are not enough women anything in this world. Be it creators, artists who are getting pushed to the forefront. And I'll end it on a joke like this, you know, where Pat Oswald said, Today we learned that America is more sexist than racist and it's pretty fucking racist. Yeah. And, you know, that has to change. Not only do the creators have to stand up, but the readers also have to stand up and take measure of what's going on and be counted, be vocal. It's one thing just to boycott a show because you you feel on principle that they are doing things. Mm-hmm. It's another just to ignore a, com- a complete state because, again, you're, you're marginalizing those people people in that state you're you're just seeing a color or a, a party you're not seeing the people and that in essence that makes you almost as bad as trump because you you're not looking at the bigger picture yeah 
I mean, I th- one of the things that we have to do is start talking to people again and stop the shouting matches. I mean, I, I saw a lot of stuff on Facebook from the liberal people on Facebook that I'm friends with that was just the most obscene, insane, inane bullshit. Hope none of that was just, from me. No, no. <laughs> Maybe I don't know, but <laughs> I'm, I'm not pulling out specific examples here. But it seemed like there was, uh, of all the last, you know, we've seen a lot of, you know, people on Facebook or liberals complaining about how the Republicans are doing this, even on the Daily Show or Bill Maher or John Oliver, all whom there are shows I all enjoy. But this last week, all of them got especially like, you know, super. I don't know how even the word just absurd almost in terms of bashing Trump and Republicans and people that voted for him just you know lobbying generalities and you know things one way or the other and it was like isn't this this type of stuff we've made fun of the Republicans for doing the last eight years about calling Obama a secret Muslim and stuff so it's almost like because Trump won the script has been flipped obviously but now the liberal media, instead of railing against actions like what they're doing, is doing the exact same thing they were criticizing three weeks ago. And it's kind of disgusting. And I can say as a white man, over which I know there are people already rolling their eyes, <laughs> but that's the kind of shit that it, I do anytime I read something. I haven't been told it to my face yet, and I hope that I don't have to hear it. But anytime I read something about check your privilege... I tend to get a little pissed off because I don't understand it, and that's fine. But a lot of people think that it is wrong for me not to understand that statement, or it is wrong for white people not to understand that statement, or it's offensive for white people not to understand that statement. And all I'm trying to say is there are people that don't understand that statement because they literally don't understand it. And if you took the time to explain it to them, they might understand it. But that doesn't mean you should throw it around. Like, you know, I almost feel like it's in the last couple of years. Like, I never heard of it before Obama became president, just to put it in like a timetable. I never heard of that. I haven't heard about it in the last two years, probably. In the last two years, it's popped up. And the first time I was like, what are you talking about? What is this? I I have to investigate this thing. Mm -hmm. But now, more and more, after Trump has come up and... There have been articles saying that's white people's fault he got elected or, you know, whatever. We're just assigning blame to another group here. And it's like nobody is taking any time to to listen to these people. Yeah, let, I let, mean, let me also whether or not they're yeah. racist or not, right. let me just put it this way. You're assigning blame to one group. You're assigning qualities to one group. Yeah. So you're lumping everybody together because of what what the majority of one group voted I'm not not saying that that's right, but let me let me finish on this because this is important because you're already trying to jump in and dismiss my opinion about, you know, white privilege or check your privilege or whatever. That's not what I was trying to do. I was actually just trying to say that uh, that my take on The Daily Show and John Oliver is very different than yours. But but anyway, well, yeah. So all I'm trying to uh, there have some points I've agreed with some points. I'm like, okay, really? Are we going there? Because I've worked in where I've worked. You've seen things swing one way in terms of bureaucracy and then swing back the other way. And the same thing is going to happen to this country. And it may be there's so many people involved in the government that 
it may be less than other people think. I'm not trying to justify what may or may not happen. I'm not trying to say give the guy a chance. But I am trying to say let's stop the shouting match. Because I really feel like over the last couple of years with the election, it's been a... I really do feel like sometimes they've marginalized the opinions of white people. Any, anything in, when Ferguson happened or anything like that, I feel like I can't say anything at all on Facebook, whether it's positive or negative, because I'm a white male, middle class, living in Orlando with no fucking problems in terms of what those other people face. Yeah. And my opinion is automatically tossed out the window or disregarded as if it doesn't matter. And I think that's what happened in the election, that we've tossed out a proportion of people's opinions, whether it's majority, minority, whatever. But these people in the Rust Belt, in the South, who've seen their jobs disappear, and I'm not saying that they're, I don't believe they're all racist, but I do believe that all their jobs have disappeared. And if you play to their jobs, they're going to vote in the, for that particular candidate. Okay. I don't believe that they all voted because they're racist. Yeah, I believe that Trump hit on jobs, and that's where that came from. That doesn't mean that there are racists that did vote for Trump, yeah. or that there aren't racists. There certainly are. Yeah. And they may be louder than other people. Oh, they're way but louder. But that doesn't... Of course. Yeah. That's why they're racist. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's... But that doesn't, that doesn't mean that you can assign blame to one group for what happened. Right. I, I want to I get Donovan's takes on this, because uh, Donovan's been too quiet so far. So go ahead, man. This is not normal. This is not just an election. Mm -hmm. And this is very new for everybody in this country. And I, what I will agree with Brandon on is that we don't turn into like class warfare and start chopping each other's heads off. I agree that communication and most importantly, education is key. But I think that I'm very prickly towards the idea that in the larger context of this of this sort of like reality that we're in, mm -hmm. the white man's voice is uh, marginalized to the point that it's it's that's where the source of the major consternation is, um, because the fear that people really genuinely have. More so than myself or Brandon's, uh, you know, as black men, or you know, like, like the two, you know, all of, all four of us, you know, as young guys or millennials or whatever, or you know, beyond that, there are people out there who, who are of a different background than us, you know, whether they're gay or trans or Muslim or, or Hispanic or Mexican, that genuinely fear for their well-being in their lives, and I still do too, you know, because of the whole police thing all year, yeah, mm -hmm. and. I understand where Brandon's coming from. I do. I, I mean, I'm, I'm hearing him out. I'm hearing his frustration, and I'm hearing him wanting to learn so he knows more about how to get into a conversation and contribute. But, you know, if this, the entire situation makes all of us frustrated because it, you know, places value on our voices. The, the reality is that this country, to a lot of us people of color— big time failed a purity test. It was the easiest thing to do to not vote for Donald Trump. And the fact of the matter is more than half of the p white people who did put him in office. Based on that, I really can't be salty at Perez or Ramos for doing what they did. 
because maybe some f- fanboys can't get their commissions that they've wanted of like Scarlet Witch and She-Hulk, but honestly, is that really important to like how people treat or have opinions or say of people of color? Is that I don't I I just don't find that equitable, yeah, or equivalent, and I just I we really have to understand that this is not normal. Um, when people say that they are afraid, they're not they're not fucking making that up. Like nobody wants you know. I guess there's this idea that people want to you know be the popular kid at the table and say, oh, I'm afraid too, and fuck the white guy and this and that. I mean, I guess there's this concept that the whole SJW PC culture thing is just to, you know, serve up a liberal's ego. But, and maybe there's some truth to that. Maybe, you know, there are Mick liberals out there who do want to exploit a minority group's suffering for their own sense of, you know, purpose or whatever. But that's not what we talk about because that serves to denigrate and make invisible genuine suffering out there. This is not normal. And... I agree that like we can't presume that every single white person who voted for Donald Trump is automatically a racist. Quite frankly, everybody's a little racist. Yeah. And when I say that, I don't mean to say that everyone is automatically evil or that it's automatically, you know, a sinister motive in their mind, but because of the way that America has been framed in the last, you know, throughout its history, everybody is a little racist. What we do when people tell us that is that we self-investigate and say what can I do to be better? We don't just say, well, that's not true or whatever, because no, every, everybody has a little bit of ignorance on themselves based on their lack of knowing somebody else or stereotypes. So we do some self-investigation. You know, we try to get to know the person. We communicate and we move on. So I agree that you know, the tribalism and the yelling, that, that's not helpful. We have to move on. But we can't pretend that this anguish out there or some friends of mine from college who are engaged to be married and they're both women, you know, them crying the day after election day, that's not made up. Um, my, my, you know, my, my friend who's Hispanic, you know, got, got like yelled at on the street. That wasn't made up. People worried about their health care because my mom, you know, my mom right now is going through Parkinson's disease. Like, you know, concerned about that. That's not made up. Yeah. And this is this is real life. This is what's going on. And the reality is this is a very extremely galling time in our history because uh, people still have this idea that the big daddy, you know, the big father of America is white men. When we're all the melting pot of the country, we all make up the country. It's all of us. It's a collective. Absolutely. For that presumption to kind of color the context and say, well, this is this is how the majority of Americans voted. It's a misnomer, obviously, because half the people didn't get off the couch and vote. But it paints a certain perspective towards a lot of people. And that may lead to some confusion and frustration, but it's not fake. And because, you know, kind of stick on the main topic, Ramos and uh, Perez is, to me, I mean, I said this on Facebook, it's tantamount to like the Temptations or the, the, the black artists of the 60s not playing in cities that were segregated. I can't remember exactly who did that, but I know a number of them did. Yeah. Because that's, that's we, we have to do something, you know, because we, the people who put Obama in office didn't start punching out white people or threatening them or raising black power thing or whatever. I don't know if black power did, yeah. But like they, they didn't start threatening violence. This is a situation where a president has won an election and the people who are congratulating his presidency are threatening violence. We have to do something. 
We can't take up a gun or we can't hurt people, but we have to do something. So saying, okay, I'm not going to perform my talent at a state which, let, which you know, helped put a president in office. Maybe not everybody of that state put him in office, but it's about personal identity and self-respect. And saying, in my opinion, that's not fair to the white kids who really like your artwork. You know, if they really want to want him to do a commission, if they really, really want to, they can find a way to do it by getting their ass down to where he actually is. I just don't think it's worth whining about because it's much more important than a commission. It's it's about race, identity, and politics, and it's about the here and now. I mean, we got to do something, and I think that it's the least they could do in this situation. I think you had a little bit of a false equivalency there, that, like segregation and Jim Crow laws. That was some real shit. This isn't exactly real yet. This is this is some real shit. No, honestly, Brent. And no. I, I okay. I, I've I've been. I've, Nobody's I, been murdered. Let yet. me let, hold on. Yet, yet, and and honestly, let me. It's let me, possible. Let, let me let me get a, let me get on this, okay? Because I'm a white Jewish liberal from New York. I'm fine. Seriously, you you can't fucking touch me as long as I don't move, because that's. Come on, like New York has been blue for years. It will be blue for years, even if you you go up to upstate and that's where all the reds are, all the populations in New York City. It's not going to fucking change. And I'm okay. However, it doesn't change the fact that even inside of New York City itself, there are Jew haters, there are racists, there are sexists, there are bigots. They exist. Whether we like it or not, even for states that will go blue, they exist. What is important here, however, for the states that went red, is that even if they themselves are not racist, bigot, or sexist, they voted for racism, bigotry, and sexism. Whether they knew it or not, or whether they would admit it or not. That is what they did by electing the, the president that they did. And now the guys that he's trying to get into his cabinet scare me more than the president himself, especially with fucking Breitbart bullshit. Don't even get me started on that. Uh, mm-hmm. um, Bannon. Yeah. I'm completely with Donovan on the fact that this is a statement that they feel like they have to make. And for that matter, in... Ramos' statement and a little bit in, in Perez's statement. It was straight up, I do not feel comfortable. I, I fear for my safety, not for the people who would attend the convention, but for the people who might be around the convention. It might be for the people that live in the same area as the convention itself. That it only takes one horrible human being to fuck everything up. And they are not taking that chance. They're not taking that risk, and they do not want to attend those conventions. I completely understand not going where you do not feel welcome and not going where you feel uncomfortable. Now, at the same time, for those of you who do not actually follow my my personal Facebook, I made a post a couple of days ago where essentially I'm not going to read the whole damn thing because I'll be sitting here for 15 minutes reading off a goddamn post, and I'm I'm not going to do that. But the TLDR of it is that bullies exist and that bullies will continue to exist. And most of the guys listening to this right now, or at least a decent amount of the people listening to this right now, were probably bullied as kids. I was bullied as a kid. And I'm done being bullied. 
I am not going to let that happen to anybody that I love, and I'm not going to let it happen to me. And if I ever see anything like this happening in front of me, you're damn well I'm going to speak up about it, and you're damn well I'm going to stop it from fucking happening. Because that's the way I roll. I hope more people feel that way, and I hope more people do that. That seems to be exactly what Brandon is saying about Mark Wade. that Mark Wade is going to go out of his way to ensure that every single place he goes is a safe space. I support that wholeheartedly. 150% I support that. But at the same time, I also support Ramos and Perez for not going where they don't feel welcome. Because even people like Mark Wade making things a safe space... You leave the convention and you're no longer safe. You're no longer in that safe space. So that's 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 where I am on this. And again, if you live in that red state and you voted red, and I'm sorry if this gets people to stop listening to the show. Anybody who's still listening to this after after me telling you don't listen to the politics part, if you really don't want to fucking hear this, but you you voted for racism, bigotry, and sexism. I'm sorry. That's the way you fucking did it even if you yourself are not. And these creators need to do what they need to to ensure that they are not putting money into the pocket of that because obviously taxes and stuff like that for these conventions go into the coffers of the states themselves. So, you know, you got to remember that too. This is a a financial thing, not just for the creators, but for the conventions and the state where the convention occurs because... Even if it, even if you go back, uh, if was it was it Heroes Con that threatened to move uh, due to our our current vice president's uh, policies? If I if I remember correctly, I I don't remember. I, I, there was there was a convention that threatened to move out of the out of the state that they were in due to the legislature that was passed uh, that was going to be detrimental to, to to homosexuals. I I do I do remember that. Um, you know I'm, I apologize that I don't know more about this right now. I really should have that up on a website, but. If the conventions themselves are willing to make a stand, so should the creators. And that's what Ramos and Perez are doing. You can't force people to be somewhere that they don't want to be. And they do not want to be there right now. And I completely understand that. I know for a fact that, uh, as I was listening to him at uh, Dragon Con, at a recorded panel, that George Perez says he literally can make his living for the rest of his life on commissions. And he often does. And yeah. he, can, he can literally park his ass in San Diego and just make commissions and like live out the rest of his days. So oh, he's, yeah. he's set. And, and and for that matter, there are creators. I mean, you know, I can put an example back to people who were just on the show an episode ago. I mean, Comfort and Adam are having a at home con right now, where they're just taking commissions via online submissions and then mailing them out to people because that's the world we live in right now. You don't have to actually go to a convention in order to get your commissions to keep yourself running. And Ramos could easily wind up doing that if he doesn't want to go to conventions. So can Perez. So can anybody else. It sucks. For the fans that are not going to be able to meet their creators that they're fans of, but it's life, dude. <laughs> you know, you don't always get what you want. This election God, was, certain, <laughs> was certainly enough proof of that. You got to let people lie the way they lie. This, I, mean, I would imagine that people who genuinely feel slighted by a lot of, you know, what we're saying, like the 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 solution is is uh, self reflection and, and education. Yeah, you know, if if they if they're like no, they're wrong, they're a PC or whatever, and I'm not going to think about myself once. That's that's the that's the smell test for me. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I mean, going going back to even like like Brent, I mean, your side of it, like you're not wrong. It's another side of the same issue. You know, I mean, the fact that Brandon, for the most part, agreed with you about about that. You know, like there are there are many different ways you can look at what's going on right now, and not no one way is one hundred percent correct. But it just entirely depends on the creator themselves and how welcome they feel where they're going to be and we have to continue going on they have to continue going on this country has to continue going on and moving forward and making sure that the bullies and the bigots of the world don't have a voice that is stronger than those of us who actually know right from wrong that might be the most soapboxy i've ever fucking been on this show but that's the way i feel I mean, I'm honestly very hopeful because even though Donald Trump was voted in office, the anguish and emotion I saw from so many people of all backgrounds, you know, white, black, Hispanic, whatever, collectively, I saw more negative emotion than I saw positive. Mm -hmm. And that to me is like, no matter what's going to happen, the country is much more ready to like prove itself better no matter who's leading it. So I'm actually a lot more optimistic of the next few years than I thought I might be. Yeah, and and and, and by the way, uh, yeah, forty six point nine percent who didn't vote vote next time. Can you do that, please? Oh yeah, and also you fifteen thousand people who voted for Harambe, you can just fuck off, all right? Just yeah. fuck right off. Yeah, I know. And like all the people who voted, the one thing that was stunning, the most stunning thing I saw in this election is you look at the number of people who voted in two thousand and eight. Period. Mm-hmm. Versus the number of people, there's like. A difference of 30 million people. And most of them were for people, if you look at the numbers, like people who voted for Barack Obama. Yeah. He had like 30 million, or I don't know, it was a large amount, of more than 10 million, number uh, more than McCain. And then in 2012, it was a smaller amount. Like his lead over the Republican candidate got even smaller, mm-hmm. where it was like a smidge. And then you look at this election and it's like, so it's like, where where are all these 30 million people that voted Democrat over the last eight years? Like, where did they go? Yeah. That was the shocking thing. That was the shocking thing. Yeah. Well, like, this election mattered so much to so many people, but so many people stayed home. Well, something something that uh, <clears throat> something that we should all look at, um, and even those in the comic book industry can look at this as well. And uh, I mean, Brandon, talking about your your you know young uh, young niece and all and all that. Those from the age range of 18 to I think it was like 35 mm-hmm. if you were to just factor in their votes alone nobody else's almost entirely blue yep which I think gives me hope for this next generation of people that are that are growing up that are you know what generation like Z or whatever the fuck you want to call them they're the hope of this nation And even looking at the world of comic books, the fact that we have more black characters now, the fact that we have more female characters, the fact that some of the most popular books out there right now are books about, you know, minorities makes me fucking thrilled. And it shows that even if the white people are loud, like... You're not the only goddamn voice out there. <laughs> so, Thank God. Yeah, please. So, yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Everybody's only brown in 40 years anyway, so. <laughs> oh, man. 
it. No, no, you're loud. You're loud in a good way, Brent. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> well, I mean, um, I don't. You know, it's all like, education, communication. I mean, yeah, Brent, you said that like you legitimately don't feel you you have a good understanding about like the concept of privilege. I mean, like, what is? I mean, like, I'd like to help you. Like, like what? What about it? Do you feel? Well, like I mean, I get yeah. I get the part about like. Uh, me not having to be pulled over by cops. Yeah. Uh, fr- you know, I've been pulled over twice. So it's probably a fraction of, I don't know. Donovan, you live in New York, right? You might not drive. I don't know. So maybe your fraction is down too, but, you know, less than Brandon, probably. Um, I'm, I'm in the South. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. Never mind. Maybe you've been pulled over. I have no idea. Yes. So I understand that. I understand that the schools I probably went to were better because they were in good neighborhoods were better than like inner city schools. So I understand that, but I still worked hard. So I get that part. Like maybe I was better educated, Mm -hmm. but in my mind, nobody, I guess nobody ever told me you got this because you're white or you got this because you're white. And, but the only things I've heard are people of color or of who weren't, is going in the same places or what telling me that. So does that, right. I guess my question is like, does that necessarily make it true? If a black person comes up to me and says, you got this cause you're white. Does that make it true because he didn't get it? Or is it be true? Be, you know, it's a societal. It thing, sounds man. to me, yeah. it sounds more like an opinion necessarily than fact. It, it's a societal because if you thing, go back, if yeah. you were God at each point in time and looked at something it may or may not have been. And th- what I tend to disagree with is the fact that because a person is white and, I don't know, every other factor after that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that every other factor after that was because they were, everything that happened to them was because they were white. And I feel like a lot of people would just lump everything that happened into you because you're white. I was listening to Adam Carolla's podcast this last week. Uh, the day after the election hit the one dated the day after the election and he had a guest on um who was a, a black comedian that he was promoting his podcast snap judgments or something and adam carolla i don't if anybody follows him or doesn't he's a little bit more conservative than probably the other people that we mentioned on this podcast but he came from a poor background uh his mom was on welfare his parents were divorced like nobody, he talks about this a lot. Nobody gave a fuck about him. He pulled himself. He was a carpenter, work construction, digging ditches, as he says, uh, cleaning carpets. Worked himself out of that. Started doing stand-up comedy. Found an opportunity with Jimmy Kimmel. Turned it into the Man Show. Turned it into Love Line with Dr. Drew. And now he may not be the most famous guy in the world, but he's got one of the more popular sets of podcasts out of everybody. Oh yeah, and and that's something to respect. And what this guest he had on the day after the election, this black gentleman, he was trying to tell Adam Carolla that some of the things that he did were, or some of the results or the successes that he had was because he was white. And Adam didn't understand it, and I didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, here's a guy who was probably just as disadvantaged as other people and lived, was educated in North Hollywood, which apparently is not a good place for education or whatever i don't know if it's like a poor neighborhood or what but by his account anyway he he had the same disadvantages and he yet he managed to be more successful than some of the other white kids in his school or neighborhood and or some of the other people of colored kids in his neighborhood or school so does that mean he's had white privilege he didn't think so 
And that's where I was like disconnected. I was like, okay, so here's a scenario. One, I guess it's only one scenario. Maybe uh, mine's a bit different. <laughs> but my my dad was in the air, in the Air Force. Yeah. But there are lots of other people of color in the services whose kids have moved from state to state. And that's really depend. That's really what told us where to live, you know, and what city was what base my dad was stationed at. So, to me, it's like you know there are more people right now. I don't know if you looked at the armed services. I don't know what the proportions are, but there are a lot of people that are enlisted or they're officers. Like I see a lot of diversity in the people I work with, with you know, in the Navy and stuff like that. So I can't necessarily say that being a military brat, I was privileged. You know what I mean? So that that's my my trying to come to grasp with this idea is like I don't I've never been told you've got this because you're white. Yeah. So how do how can I how can I rectify that? It's not about color, it's about identity. Nobody is born in this world knowing how to be white or black or Hispanic or Asian or Muslim or whatever. We all come into this world with people who don't know either, thinking that they know, and just passing off what they learned or passing off what they heard or passing off what they saw out of context. That's how media is formed. That's how stereotypes are formed. That's how generalizations are formed. Real talk. You and I rolled up in the same place wearing like the same like black suit or red tie or whatever. People will say, look, 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 we'll look at you and say, okay, there's a guy who, you know, he's, he's in a suit. He, he has a good head on his shoulders or whatever. People will look at me and, and either think the same thing despite anything potentially in my past or who was he fooling or, you know, I wonder where he, I wonder if you know, he had to borrow that shirt from a living relative or whatever since he probably didn't get it from his dad or whatever. There's a lot more of a uh, cultural context towards assumptions with people of color than there are with white people. And maybe the, perhaps the phrasing is um, erroneous, or not erroneous, but um, it's, it's, it's imperfect because privilege, as we came to know it, meant something specifically different than how it's being used in a social context. But the sentiment is real. Like, people are going to look at me and look at Brandon and make different assumptions automatically than you were in. And that's just how that's just that's just kind of like the the imperfection of the country. Yeah. You know, and that's that, that really is how it is. It is not your fault that, you know, black people can, can be salty at you because, well, you just because you're white. But that's because they can do the exact same thing, and people will, will think, "Well, there's got to be something wrong with them somewhere." You know, I got I got to bring up, bro. This legitimately happened to me once. I was working at a at a sleepaway camp for a summer, and one of the guys working there who was from Texas was legi- legitimately thought at some point in his life that Jews had horns. What? Because horns? Horns. That is that is a stereotype that has existed for years. It's that. You know, because Jews are, according to some people, you know, they're they're not supposed to be as uh, human as as others. That they're born with horns and that they get shaved off when they're when they're babies. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the, which is which just goes back to the point yet again that it's all about it's all about education and it's all about just general. Knowing how the communication, yeah, communication exactly, yeah. Knowing how how the world works or how it should work, like because that's how stereotypes start is not knowing the difference between fable and reality. Like, come on, we're all comic fans here. We know what fantasy is, <laughs> you know. Like, absolutely. It's just it, it it sucks that fantasy 
exists as much as it does in reality itself, like whether people are aware of it or not. And and yes, it is a societal thing that even if even if like Brent and myself didn't actually experience it personally, or at least didn't know we were experiencing it personally, it's it's years of whites being in charge. But way before we were born. And, I mean, we're still figuring this shit out. I mean, like, nobody yeah. knows specifically how to reverse engineer it, but we're trying. And we're not going to yeah. make, you know, you know, people, feelings are getting hurt and people are dying. But it's, 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 a, it's an ocean. It's like a whole, it's an, a glacier that we're trying to change. But we're trying to change it. Right. Yeah. Truth. Did that, did, did that help at all, Brent? <laughs> I mean, I think so. Okay. I don't right. know. Well, let me give you one more example. Like I said, I grew up in a predominantly white area. Okay, so about ninety-five percent of my friends are white, uh, and that didn't seem to jibe with a lot of uh, other black kids in my school. They saw me as you know a fake white kid. They saw me as, you know, someone who was a sellout or someone who was trying to be what they weren't, what I wasn't. Even with my family, my family, my family is from North Philadelphia. And if you know Philadelphia, North Philadelphia is not the best part of Philadelphia. Parts of it are. They even tried to stigmatize me as, you know, that one cousin who thinks that they're better than the rest of them because, you know, God forbid I use, you know, a contraction or slang, you know, it is all a matter of perception Yes, I do speak the way I do because I, I realize that words have power and how I how I come off to one person, I don't want to seem uneducated, so I, I have to speak this way to a certain group of people. How I dress also is how I am perceived as well. To this day, I still get the most backhanded compliment ever. It's, oh, you speak so proper. Mm. And it's, well, why wouldn't I speak proper? I speak English. Yeah, And that's another aspect of yes you could say that's an aspect of, of white privilege also that you know people will not question you they don't they don't they take what you are at face value and when they look at me exactly. when they, and when they look at Donovan it's either we are pretending to be something else or that we are there is something else going on behind the scenes that we're not letting on if Raf were on this call, he'd be bringing this up right now. So I, I, I feel I need to that uh, where where he is right now, where he lives right now, is a predominantly you know white area of Maryland, oh, Douglasville, Maryland. Yeah, that's yeah, all white. Absolutely, and he's one of the very few Asians there. And multiple times he's gotten things along the lines of this: "Oh, you speak English so well," and then he has to respond, "I was born here. I I grew up in Brooklyn, New York." Oh. But but you speak English so well. It's stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Face value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Essentially. It, no, it's we talked politics and comics, and then it turned into politics. Yeah, exactly. Which is which is fine, mm-hmm. and, and that that's where this this conversation was bound to go. It's just that, you know, I mean, again, that's that's the sort of shit that not all of us experience in our life, but exists out there, and it's now at the forefront even more so again. It's not... Okay, but before all this shit happened, when with the Black Lives Matter stuff and stuff like that, and people responding, all lives matter, missing the point entirely. Uh, 
because the reason that Black Lives Matter existed is because an entire section of our population felt subjugated, you know, felt like they were being mistreated, felt like they were being oppressed. And they had to make it clear that that should not be the case. Turning it into all lives matter completely misses that point completely. And it's where this country was going. You know, like the the, the minute I heard the words all lives matter, I'm like, okay, there we go. There's the establishment trying. It was a retort. Yeah, essentially. And all lives matter is, is how this president, at least one of the ways that this president got elected were people that believe that, Again, I don't want to. I don't want to fucking go down this road too far. It's just like that. They were afraid. They were legitimately afraid that their white America would end. They were afraid that their way of life was going to change. Yes, and I, I get it. Like change is scary. Yeah, but change also is good as well. Yeah. I mean, it, we. All right. To to break down your statement. I mean, yes, all lives do matter. Mm-hmm. But think of think of it this way: when you go to a doctor, you say you broke your arm, right? Yeah. Does your doctor go, "Well, your other arm matters also as well"? No, you want to talk about the arm which is broken. Yeah. And when it it came down to two things: all lives matter, and also the whole uh, black versus blue. Blue lives matter. Yeah. Yeah, and you you can be pro blue lives matter and also pro black lives matter you you don't have to pick a side mm-hmm. the point is you are talking about there you're you are trying to engage in a conversation which is going to be uncomfortable and that's the problem people do not want to feel uncomfortable when having this discussion yeah a- and that's the problem we we are so afraid to talk about race in america that it's detrimental again we are ignoring pain on both sides just for the sake of our, our own comfort and convenience can't fix a problem if you don't acknowledge it exists exactly yeah. and, and, and that goes back to our original point about you know ramos and perez that you know again they should not go places where they feel uncomfortable it's it's along those same lines man or disrespected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's all you know, like again. It's it's the demythologization goes into it, where mm-hmm. it's like people hear Black Lives Matter, and somewhere in like their messed up arithmetic, they think that that's saying that there's an invisible punctuation of more or more than at the end of that, yeah. where there isn't. It's just the acknowledgement of existence itself. Right. And people took people took that idea. And just presumed offense, or they they feigned threat, or whatever. And it's like, no, listen, listen, listen. We gotta acknowledge that we're all we're all in this together, and we're not just tribes. And we're not trying to. We're just trying to say that you know we're here. We need to help ourselves. And people just said, well, but all all that matters too. So shut up, you know, that kind of thing. Look, let's let's just all be able to admit that. The Chicago Cubs winning the World Series is why this all happened. Yeah, fucking Biff Tannen. The darkest timeline. 
God, someone, someone, someone must have stepped on a butterfly like in the past. Seriously, this is all what is. I blame Barry to. fucking Allen. He's been dicking around the timeline ever since 2015. Good job, Barry. Why uh, did you dick in the timeline? Fla- the the Flash, uh, aka Barry. No, John Wesley Ship told he told you the cup. <laughs> Barry he still the didn't cup. listen. <laughs> so switching topics to a second to a different topic. Yeah, sure. Um, from today. Bleeding cool. Mm-hmm. Headline. Oh. Retailers admit to not ordering any Motor Crush number one because it bla- has a black female lead. Ooh, here we really? go. Really? Here we go. Did uh, not know about that. Oh, jeez. Um, it is by the popular Batgirl team, Cameron Stewart, Babs Tarr, and Brendan Fletcher. Mm-hmm. So I read the article, and I think Jamal posted it uh, or reposted somebody else. Oh, he reposted Justin Jordan, I think the guy who does, uh, he's doing Ghost Rider for a while, I think, with the, the guy in the car, Robbie Reyes, which was good. And I know this is not true, but I'm just being facetious here. So I have to be interested in a comic about motorcycles, even though I'm not, because it's the socially just thing to do. And it has a creative team who were on a popular DC book, but I don't own a motorcycle, not, nor want one. It's the reason I don't read Ghost Rider books. I only read the car one. Uh, but we all have to buy this one because it furthers the cause. What happened to knowing your audience? That's, and there are a bunch of replies. And, but and that, I know and that was you're saying I'm missing all. the point. Yeah, you are missing the point, dude. But I, yeah. what I was trying to say is that it, here's more examples. Here's my point. Here's more examples of people jumping the gun and assigning blame to a situation uh, automatically because of one thing one person said or one person of representative of one group said. Uh, I have not heard of this fucking book. Not seen it promoted on Newsarama, comic book resources, or, you know, if it was on Bleeding Cool, I didn't pay attention to it because they made their site super hard to read uh, with all these letters and stuff Twitter. like that. But I, uh, so I haven't checked Twitter recently, but what I'm saying is, like, I haven't seen it promoted in the usual circles. So if I'm not aware that it's there, how is it all of a sudden, like, my responsibility? To read this book, or my responsibility to order this book. All right, I I, I need to be the one who rebuts this um, uh, at, at first, and then you guys can can uh, touch on. This. I, I just was saying, like, I maybe I did, my point was maybe just maybe could there be a possibility that this book wasn't promoted well? It's from Image, and and that was that was not the point of this particular post. I mean, the way that this bleeding cool post was written made it pretty damn clear to me that the reason why they didn't order it is because, oh, well, it has a black female lead, and black female leads don't sell. I hope that same shop didn't order Invincible Iron Man and uh, yep. Peter Miles Morales Spider-Man thank then, you. too. Yeah, thank thank you for, for saying that, because that's exactly how I fucking feel. But this is, this is, a, this is a stereotype that I have been dying to see broken in the comic book industry forever now and i mean again going back to what i said earlier in this in this call there were so many more books coming out with female leads with black leads with black female leads with asian characters with uh you know with 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 black male characters and 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 other you know minorities like there's more hispanic books coming out and this is all a good thing to believe to somehow have in your fucking head that a book will not sell because of who the lead is is horseshit. If a book is good, people are gonna fucking buy it. It's plain and simple. 
And a good shop, a good shop will at least, if you order books on the regular, will at least order three or four copies of something as a test bed just to see how it's going to sell, just to see whether it's worth ordering more of. That's what you fucking do. You don't just say, well, I'm not going to order it because it's got a black female weed, so why would I possibly? No, no. You put the goddamn test bed out there because, number one, it's an image book. And history has proven that when an image book gets hot, oh, it, it gets hot. <laughs> it gets hot. It goes for $80, $90 an issue on eBay. That's how fucking hot it gets. Paper Girls. Paper Girls was written by Brian K. Vaughn, so obviously, you know, people could have guessed that it was going to get huge. But those first couple of issues are really hard to find because they were underordered by shops. That's that's females. Yes, again, Brian K. Vaughn, but still females. Chew. Oh, Chew. I love Chew. Nobody fucking saw Chew coming. Nobody. Which is why that first print of that first issue was so hard to find. I wound up with a second print of it when it first came out. And the mm. only way I could get it was, a, was the flip book they did with uh, an issue of Walking Dead and, uh, and, and shoe number one on the other side. And that was how I got to read it. Asian male lead. Boom. Mm-hmm. So to say, and even if this is only a few shops that might have wound up saying this, to say at all that a book would not sell because it has a fucking female black lead is a horrible, horrible thing. Now, to go with what you said, Brent, am I supposed to pick this up if I don't want to read it? Of course not. Well, yeah, but there's... That, a, there's no, no, there's no, 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 no. There's let me an fin- underlying let me, implication let me finish in a lot I, of let this me, Let me finish I let you finish. Okay. Okay? But that, that was not the point of the thread. The point was, if you're not going to read it, okay, great. Maybe somebody else will. It's the goddamn point behind a comic shop to have comics available. If you're not going to have comics available, then you're never going to know whether or not there is an audience for something. And that's why a lot of shops are closing. That's why a lot of shops are closing. Because you don't give people options. You give them the same shit over and over and over again. You charge $4.99 for a Marvel comic and you expect people to come into the shop week after week to buy it? Are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? And you have creators and you have image out there and you have Dark Horse and you have IDW and you have Oni Press and you've got all these other creators out there putting out books for cheaper and often better quality than what you can get elsewhere. And DC, DC completely doing the right thing right now, both by their books they're putting out and the price point. But that's going off of my original topic. Just the point is, put some of these things on the frickin' shelf to see whether or not it's there. And if if it's not, then it's not. But at least you tried. At least you tried. And if you don't try, you mm-hmm. fail. Boom. Mike dropped. Now you may rebut if you so desire. Well, so. I, I, I understand it. I'm with you. You got to try new things. A good shop owner should know their audience and suggest to them new things that they can sell. I don't believe that they should push this this or any other book on an audience that 
won't enjoy it and they can't sell it. How do you know unless you know? The, the team is popular. It's, no. It's the Batgirl team. I'm not saying that the team is not popular. I'm not saying that the team is bad. I'm not saying the lead is bad. I'm saying subject matter matters. I'm not going to be living in rural Alabama with a bunch of white rural, rural white guys and trying to push Jamal Eichel's black on them. I can try, but it may not be business savvy for me to push that, especially with issue number two. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah. That's a whole other conversation, but oh, that's boy. what I'm saying. Like, there's, there's, there shouldn't be an impetus to, there should be an impetus to, to diversify everybody in terms of your surroundings, your horizons, your knowledge. Expand, you know. There's learn. There should always be an impetus to do that. But what I don't like is the, and this is not just comics. This is across. The, is that I need to support things because so and so directed it, or so and so has never had a fair shot before. You know, I'll support good media, and if your media turns out to be good, I'll support it. Mandy likes to make fun of me sometimes because I'll put black comedies on Netflix. I like them; they're funny. If they're funny, I'll watch them. Good. If they're not funny, I'll turn them off. I can't watch half of Kevin Hart stuff because I don't find them that funny. That's fine. You know, and you but, don't ha- you don't have to read these books but, either, man. To write to write these articles or post on Facebook with the implication that there's some sort of like I don't know agenda or whatever. Now if somebody said it, fine, I get it. But it's just with everything else, I guess it just hit a little nerve with me. Like, oh, you need to be reading this book not because it's good, but because it's got a black female lead. Nobody ever said anything about whether the book was good. You know, Brando. There's a difference between pushing a book and making a book available for somebody mm-hmm. just on the off chance that they could walk in and pick it. Yeah. You know, I get what you're, with what you're saying, Brent. Yeah, we don't know if the book is good or bad, and the subject matter may or may, or may not be to your taste, but just having the book available to a person to browse through or flip the pages, they may pick up on the artwork alone. You know, you never know. There, there are a lot of things... Well, first of all, I kind of have a problem with the article itself, number one. I, I saw that earlier today. And I, it it the article tends to, in my opinion, skew toward a little bit of sensationalism, just, you know, in how they word the headline. Mm-hmm. It does feel a little, uh, a little bit more clickbaity yeah. as an article. And that's my main problem with that is that if you're going to be outraged for something, don't sensationalize the, the headline, at least like that, you know? Yeah. It, yes, it's a shame that there are people who feel that who feel that you they don't have a market for a black female-led book. And they'll go on the record saying that they don't push this because they don't have a market for it. You know, if that's your if that's your prerogative as a retailer, then that's your prerogative as a retailer. I don't agree with it, but that's how you, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. Yeah. But it it feels almost like coal stoking from Bleeding Cool to mm-hmm. put to put an article out like that at what what, what from Bleeding Cool? What a shock! I know, right? Go figure. Yeah. Uh, at the, especially in this tumultuous political uh, political climate right now, you know. But again, it goes back to the availability of a book. You know, I, there are books out there which I have read which I never would have thought I would have read. Like honestly. Chew didn't. I didn't think I'd be reading Chew, honestly. 
it, I just picked up on the whim. I said, "Yeah, this looks pretty interesting. Let me yeah. let me let me let me peruse through it." And right. boom, I'm in love with it. Um, hell, even some of the older books, like uh, the old Jonah Hex books, I have. I didn't think I would like them, and you know what? I turned to I do. Mm-hmm. So, if you had only two or three copies in your store, and sure they collect the dust, you can still return them to Diamond. You know, you're, you're going to get a portion of your money back. Right. Just not have, on this book, apparently. It's not not returnable. It is, but only past a certain amount. So I think it was like 15 copies. And some of the people in the thread looks like, dude, I don't sell more than four or five copies of a first image book normally, even if I try and promote it. So that's what they're saying. Right. And, and unfortunately, so they made the returnability a bit of a uh, a bit hard, I guess, for some stores. I well, I, I mean, then, then you have four or five issues of a book and they wind up at a dollar bin. And then, you know, that, that goes with that. I mean, at least that's, that's the practice that most comic shops have been having over the years is that, you know, something doesn't sell. At least you make something off of it at some point. Right. And again, it, it does. That's another issue also with, with, with diamond and the returnability for first issues. But I mean that it's, um, just make the books available for people who are out there. You never you never know who could walk into your shop one day, you know? No, I completely agree. Donovan. Well, first of all, I mean, I, it's, it's, I personally was very familiar with like the oncoming of this book because, um, you know, I, I reviewed the Batgirl series on Batman universe. Uh, I've been at San Diego and I've interviewed the team. I'm very familiar with the team and, uh, and why they left, uh, Batgirl ended up doing this. So like to me, I, I saw this on Twitter. And so like, I was very like expecting this book, mm-hmm. so it surprised me that like the suggestion that this was under promoted surprised me personally. But you know, I'm, I'm not everybody, so I don't want to like harp on that too much. Yeah, I, I, I personally have seen the ads. I mean, not not just on Bleeding Cool, but I've seen it on Newsarama, I've seen it on CBR, I've seen it, you know, in in, in other uh, comic book uh, news sites. So this, this this book was not a surprise to me. Okay, yeah. So um, I you know you don't you don't want to lay aspersions on people and say. Well, they're on, you know, it's, it's racist to, 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 to even spout out, you know, black leaves don't sell, especially in 2016, especially. I, I just, I just don't find that to be accurate. You know, yeah, Black Panther was like the highest selling comic book, uh, earlier this year. Yeah. And, and, you know, granted that, that, that a lot to do with like the writer and the character, but the presumption that like blackness on the cover is a detriment to sales is, I think in th- at least for this year and this last couple of years, facile. I don't know why, because I can't make sense of what the fuck's going on in that book. And I'm trying really hard. What, what, it's, 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 it's a meaty yes. read, but it's a meaty read, but yeah. uh, it's, it's solid. It's well, a solid I mean, book. There's, there's a reason that I'm only like three issues into my, my Chris Priest Black Panther run is that it's 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 meaty stuff. And I, Ta-Nehisi Coates is definitely doing the same sort of stuff with his. Right. Uh. But I mean, I feel that like, don't, don't, don't say it because black ladies don't sell. Just put, I mean, make, make it available. If it doesn't work, then at least you can say you legitimately tried and did the right thing. If you're, if cold feet and saying, "Well, we we were afraid this wasn't this this very expectant book from this popular team with, with this non-white lead," it's like that's to me that's 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 such an unsympathetic excuse that I have no time for. Really, that's 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 kind of really it. It's like you know, like make it available for people, and if you don't want to do it, at least lie and say that's not the, that's not the case. Because I just it just doesn't smack to me of, of believability, and you know I'm going to think racist when someone says that, whether mm-hmm. they are or not. So, well, so here's my problem with your statement: make it available. Now you're putting the impetus on the shop owner to make everything available, or everything that fits into this diversity triangle or social justice warrior agenda 
to make it available. <laughs> you know what I mean? You you kind of are. You kind of are. You make everything available. But, but, make it available. But, 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 At least but, but, make it available. But well, why, why, why that shop owner's got a responsibility. That? No, no, no. Hold on. The shop owner's got a responsibility to himself and his employees to pay his rent, to make a profit, to continue to stay in business. Hell, to his customers because he may be the only shop in miles. Or maybe they just like the guy. He's got a responsibility to do what makes sense for him. To he can't make you can't make everything available. How you does he know that. unless he this is, this tries? This I'm is just going. I'm not going back to this team. one. I'm going back to the. I'm generalizing Donovan's statement because he said it multiple times. I my my statement stands for that too. But Donovan, please rebut. This doesn't have to be an argument. But like, I mean, this is an image book. Image, oh. it's image. This is a popular team. Arguably at the higher their game because they were taking. I don't know about popular. I mean, it's really popular. I mean, this is not nobody, and it's not like they weren't an unknown. Were they the number one DC book ever? No, but like you know, the whole like you know idea of like the DCU failing. That's because they tried to capitalize on the popularity of that Batgirl run. And let me let me also add that I don't know that they were. I would say visible. Batgirl. Batgirl was a number one digital comic for months, and I mean months, and that shit doesn't get counted. Because of Diamond being Diamond, so so this isn't like you know. Let's give the small unknown kid a, a, a one in a billion chance. This is a proven team on a, a on a on a top selling company with their new spoke. Let's at least give it a try. So like to say that you know, well, this guy's got to do what he's got to do. Why should he stick his neck out for these unknown people? That to me is like that's not the reality. At least at least if it fails, it fails. But it's not going with a, with a with a broken foot forward. And that, that seems like how you're trying to frame the situation, and I don't, I don't think that's that's what's going on. And also, too, he's a comic book, comic book retailer. I mean, by essence, he is with any number one. You are trying a new creating creative team. It could jive, and it could not jive. Yeah. So, what's the point of him trying with another book? Yeah, and 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 plus, I mean, going going back to numbers too. I mean. I, I've seen I've seen figures which have said that like more more women are reading comics today than they were in years. I think more women are reading comics than men. Uh, I I'm not quite sure about that. You might be right though. Uh, if I can actually find numbers, I'll, I'll I'll link to them on the on the show notes for this episode. But um but yeah no more and more female uh, females in general are reading comics. So a book like this might be a good idea. And yes, I completely understand. Going to Brent's point, if you know, if you're if you have a predominantly male, uh, you know, uh, population going to your specific store, okay. But I'd love for that to go away. <laughs> I'd, I'd really, really. I love mean, you, you never know what away. people are going to like, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not like you know, um, you you just don't know, and it's not uh, a zero. Uh, percent shot of these of this book mm-hmm. um succeeding exactly yeah absolutely and i'm not I, saying that across the board i'm saying in certain shops there may be zero percent shops i'm sure there are shops that sell more miles Morales spider-man than less you think maybe there are shops that sell le- that they sold maybe they sold less of babstar and this other guy's bad girl than they did gil simone mm-hmm. i couldn't stand the art so i didn't read it so <laughs> That's me. I'll tell you right now that the Gail Simone run sucked, and that was the Babstar run was a lot better. But uh, that's another whole other uh, non sequitur. Yeah, well, but well, I mean, well, I mean, well, like, mostly, yeah, not, not not Simone's fault. That's that's all I'll say about that. But they didn't fight in words. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, anyway, I mean, like, you know, there are books like, well, a snot girl out there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like, there's just a lot of things, a lot of like very weird, new, fresh ideas. Rat and, queens. Uh, exactly. Yes. Rat queens. Um, so like to, like, to say like, like, like this, you know, to frame it as like, you know, this is, you know, uh, an image book with a black female lead and this like this particular team. It's like books, books with, with, with worse chances of succeeding have done well compared to this. So like, I, I, I wouldn't, no, I don't know. Hedging, hedging, I don't know. Like, like being cautious with it to me, doesn't really, doesn't really make sense, but I'm, I'm starting to repeat myself. So that's it. I just hope pre-orders were down and Babstar and the other teams in this thing were like, Hey, bleeding cool. Can you take this hundred bucks from us and write this headline for us to get pre-orders up? And that's, I hope that's what comes of it. Oh, great. Conspiracy theories. That's absolutely what we need. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Hooray. Yeah. I, I mean, look, everything's everything's going to come out, you know, once the diamond numbers come out, which are faulty to begin with, because like I said, they don't factor in digital. And mostly, I mean, yeah. And of course, that goes back to, you know, this this comic shop not stocking it, because I just, I just basically just put my foot in my mouth by saying that more people are going to probably get this digital than they will in a shop. But um I, I'll be very curious to see where this lies on the on the map once everything's all said and done. Um, I, I I certainly hope that it does well. I I like the creative team, and I like the idea that they're going out there and you know trying their best to do something creative and and uh, and different because that's what we need as comic book fans. We need something that's creative and different, not the same Batman story for the eighth time. I mean, I, I hope it's good. I will certainly check it out if I hear it's good. Yeah. But I'm I'm not going to check it out because I feel. I have an obligation oh, yeah. because it's a black female lead by I'll, these I'll show us creators for Batgirl. But they, I think they have an obligation to at least you know give it a shot and put it in, make it available yeah. for people. But you don't have to read it. Well, and 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 the way that they're well, if they have an obligation to stock it, but I don't have an obligation to read it. Well, where's it going to go? Volume, but there are one, more people than you who go to yeah. those shops, though. Volume what one, volume one is going to be cheap because that's the way Image works. So I I will probably wind up buying volume one once it, once it's available. And I will let you know what I think, Brent, and then you would disagree with me because that's usually the way these work. But <laughs> hey, I'm paying for Comicsology Unlimited. I'm reading more indie books for five bucks a month than I ever have. Okay. Unfortunately, it's only the first volume of every one. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking <laughs> bastards. <laughs> Trying to get money out of me. I won't have it. I won't have it. Hey, crack, crack, is, crack is delicious, Brent. Here, try some. Peanut butter crack sandwich. Fresh one's free. Oh, yeah. All right. We are going to end this uh, right here after some final thoughts on the uh, political stuff. And then next episode, we're going to wind up doing uh, Doctor Strange and Luke Cage and talking about some stuff we've been reading in recent times. Uh, And hey, look at this. We'll have two episodes out probably within a week of each other because that's a nice change for once. Doing it CGS style, recording two in a night. Any final thoughts uh, since Brent went first? I'm going to have Brandon go first this time around. Yeah, okay. With the changing political climate and the the divisiveness of this election, just remember that we're all people and we all have different thoughts and emotions that you know range within us, whether they are agreeing with Trump to not agreeing with Trump, uh, to leaning with to leaning with Bernie or Hillary or whoever you put your hat in the race put your hat in the race with just be kind to people for God's sake. You know, this is an election and they happen every four years and this will pass. 
And, you know, don't worry about making America great again. America's already great. Just Mm -hmm. acknowledge people and have those discussions. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah. Um, My my final thoughts on this are, are pretty damn simple. If we find a way to find common ground, if we find a way to not just yell at each other all the fucking time, then maybe there will come a point sometime within the next four years, possibly within the next two, possibly within the, even within the next one, where Humberto Ramos, George Perez, and any other creators who are feeling the way they are right now will say, I guess things aren't as bad as I thought they were. Maybe I can start going to these conventions again. Maybe I can actually not be afraid of bad things happening to me if I step outside my comfort zone. And we will hopefully get to that point because I personally believe that we're stronger than all the bullshit. It's it, The bullshit rises to the top like like foam on a good beer. But eventually <laughs> there's beer underneath there and it tastes a hell of a lot better. Let's be the good beer. Yes, I just made this into a beer thing. I can't believe you put bullshit and beer in the same sentence. That's derogatory. Well, what bullshit beer? That's Budweiser, right? Hi, all. Try the veal. It's gonna say your college keg of choice, but if you want to go Bud Light, it's fine too. <laughs> Us, it was Natty Light. Natty Ugh. Light. Yep. <laughs> I, we didn't. We, we don't have Natty here, man. Like uh, the, the closest we get to Natty is Yingling. And oh, Yingling! Oh no, I mentioned I mentioned the devil. Never mind. All right, moving on to Donovan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still like Yingling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have two of them from Pennsylvania. I know, I know. Uh, they're still the oldest brewery. All right, Donovan. Education and communication and optimism. Uh, I'm sort of briefly pimp this show that I've started because it's actually related. Mm-hmm. It's it's fairly new. It's been out for like about maybe three or four months. Uh, called Questions We Don't Have Answers. Uh, I do it with my friend uh, Harry Harry Chute. And we basically take as uh, a, a number of questions for topics. Uh, that's what we take. We came up with a list. And um, the hard questions, uh, and really try to have a discussion on them and try to kind of come to a solution with the caveat knowing that we go into it as uneducated as we as people tend to be. Um, we're on iTunes. You can find us at uh, questionsnoanswers.wordpress.com. We've had episodes like... Um, uh, uh, can there be morality and sexuality or um, do fictional characters have to be a certain race? We had a re- uh, reaction episode about the election and I think that we've had some really good conversations there. We, we kind of talk about things in a rational, uh, calm, if, you know, moderately biased manner and we absolutely encourage people to send feedback so we can con- continue the conversation from all types of opinions where they agree with us or disagree with us. So um, if, you, if you're curious, questions, noanswers.wordpress.com. We're also on iTunes because it's kind of what I've been doing tonight in the way of like trying to talk, talk down a, a crazy situation and try to come to a conclusion. But uh, yeah, uh, education, communication, and optimism is my final word. Sounds good here. And Casina. I don't know. It's a tough time in a tough world. And don't write people off just because we've been in power the last 3,000 years. Because <laughs> obviously we'll come back to get you. I don't know. That's a terrible thing to say. Wow. A vow of vengeance from Brent Casino. <laughs> White people are all going to become Batman and uh, 
Hopefully some of our Republican fans enjoyed this. I don't know. I, I, I hope so. I mean, look, I mean. I, they were rooting for you. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, we had one moderate and three liberals. I thought I think I think everything was nice and right there in the middle and uh, Brent like Man of Steel. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I came on the right side of history with BVS, man. Come on. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And you you made reviewing movies great again. Uh, so to uh, <laughs> uh, so Donovan already did his uh, his podcast, Pimp and Brando. You can find me on my podcast, Pop Culture Clash, on iTunes with my co-host, A. Das Baron. You can follow him on Twitter at A. Das Baron. And as always, you can find me at the Dabadon, T-H-E-D-A-B-B-A-D-O-N. And if you get that reference, I will give you a comic book. I just did a rewatch of Harvey Birdman. That episode is brilliant. God damn it. Why'd you mention that? <laughs> hey, uh, did you get that thing I sent you? I never get that thing I sent you. Ha ha ha! I didn't listen to those CGS episodes Ian was on that I'm sure he should plug. Yes. But man, I hope he shouted out his co-host the way Brandon does on his on this podcast. Hey, I, I did I did actually mention you, Casina. I, I forget I forget which one. It was either on the uh, the top five or the comic. Did you throw out my Twitter tag? Come uh, on. No, I no I Twitter did tag. not. No, I did not throw out at Casina B. But props, uh, props to Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, yes. Yeah, speaking of which, yes, I was. Not that I tweet anything useful. <laughs> God, I was on. I, yeah, I, I was on two episodes of Comic Geek Speak that got released about a about a week or so uh, before we're recording this episode here. Uh, one of them was a top five most underappreciated creators. Incredibly subjective conversation, but I think both uh, Chris Murd and myself had some really really good creators that we want to bring up so go ahead and check that out and then there was a general comic talk that came out uh, about three days after that uh, where i gave some non-spoiler stuff on dr strange talked a little bit about a conversation we had here on this very podcast about actors and uh, what they're charging at conventions and uh, also talked about a couple of uh, comics we've been reading and a couple other topics so check those out you can go on uh, comicgeekspeak.com or any of your fine podcast aggregators to download them. And uh, Casino, you ever going to talk about video games again? We'll have plans in the works. All right. Hold it! Casino wasn't lying about those plans in the works. See, Brent, I'm making up for the fact that I didn't shout out your Twitter tag on Comic Geek Speak by reminding folks that you can go to comicdiming.net or any of your podcast aggregators to get the most recent episode of BK's Bullets, the video game Fall 2016 catch-up with Jim Fantas and Mr. Casina, which was just released earlier this week. So it's on the comic timing feed. It is impossible to miss, and you've got a nice solid hour and a half of video game conversation for all of you people. See? I'm shouting you out, Casina, putting it in the episode. You're welcome. Cool. Because uh, we need to review the Warcraft movie. Jim hasn't seen it. I haven't seen it. Oh, God. Do you have to? Really? Do you really have to? I have well, we, Actually, hold we on. We need to watch it together. Whether or not it will actually be like a... I don't think it'll be a full episode. It might be like a portion of an episode. No, no. If you do, And then we'll talk about know. other stuff. I have three days left on a rental. Really? <laughs> I, got, I, got a, I got a free <laughs> rental from Voodoo uh, of, of that movie. So I... Okay, I, well, I can, waste a rental. I can, I, you, can, you can choose to rent that movie and just remember your thoughts <laughs> right, if we fine. end up doing it. Bye. <laughs> oh, God. 
All right, guys. Thank, thanks for thanks for sticking with us for a uh, an episode that uh, some people are either going to love or hate or whatever. But uh, hopefully, you'll continue to still listen to comic timing after this episode. And <laughs> we'll there's stop. comics on the next episode. We promise. Yes. Hey, there was comics on this episode too. We 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 managed to get back on track after a while. But uh, yeah, there's definitely some politics in there. It's a weird couple of days, folks. That's all I'm saying. All right. Once again, DCBS is on Comic Service. Check them out at DCBService.com. 50% off of Marvel and DC hardcovers and trades. 40% off of Marvel DC Image Dark Horse single issues. And go to the Comicsology storefront, DCBService.com. Email address for Comic Timing is ComicTiming at gmail.com. You can discuss this episode and anything else you want to discuss at Facebook.com slash Comic Timing. We're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network over at ComicsPodcast.com and the League of Public Podcasts over at ComicBookNoise.com slash League. Find me on Twitter at I am sci-fi, on Tumblr at hehaw-ds9.tumblr.com, and you can find me on Instagram as well under I am sci-fi. Casina is at, at Casina B. And uh, do you have an Instagram? I forget. Yeah. Yeah? All right. Well, you can find that too. <laughs> and as always, there's always time for comics. <laughs> You there, Brennan? Sorry, my mic was on mute. Sorry. Y'all don't talk about comics enough for me. Y'all get too political stuff. But I, I hurt my brain. Gotta do is quit having the black guys on the show yeah. every two months. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. seriously. Brando? Fell asleep. Brandon loves his mute button tonight. Sorry, Brandon I'm... doesn't have it in him for a second episode. <laughs> Sorry, I that damn mute button. I calls him like I sees him. Thank you, Stan. Excelsior. So there was with Jack Kirby's wife. With Kylie's wife. <laughs> well, I, I, I got my, I got my fill of that last weekend when Raph was in town. Oh boy. Where are, where are you from? I'm from outside Philadelphia. Born and raised on the playground is where he spent most of his days. Okay. Oh, I swear to God, swear to God, swear to God. Relaxing, relaxing, all cool.